0: Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network with your host Sanjo Gall. All comments, views and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests and callers. Now,
1: here's Sanjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to the segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. And the topic for today is future focused leadership. And I have with me Lewanda Pernell, who is the Chief Information Officer with Pernellis Electric Cooperative, also known as PEC. Hey, Lewanda, how are you? I am excellent, Sanjot. Awesome, awesome. And we have a leadership topic which so rightly fits you because you have paid your dues in this field and you've seen, I'm sure, your own leadership journey, have perhaps developed other leaders in the process and you're not done yet,
2: right? So I am not done yet.
1: Yes, I know and 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 that's why it's going to be an interesting conversation. Now the reason we picked up this topic is of course leadership development is something which is close to the heart of anyone who he himself or herself is a leader. But then we are looking at some leadership principles, books were written, seminars given, speeches given, Now, all of that that has happened so far has been based on the type of business environment we lived in or the society we lived in. What we have found is there is a disruption in both areas. So does that mean that our leadership will remain the same? What do you think?
2: I think the leadership is evolving. And when you look at the disruption in the, in the market and the industry, irregardless of what industry it is, whether it's technology or retail, the technology is changing across all industries, and when you look at the makeup of the population, you look at that, you've got a diverse population, you've got the technology changes, you have the socioeconomic changes. I think leaders are going to have to be extremely flexible. And I think corporations and firms have to accept that the leaders they have today may not look like the leaders that are coming up in the future. When they look at their pool of individuals that need nurturing, they're probably going to look very different than the leaders they have in place today.
1: Now, this is something that they should look at because the leaders that they themselves are, they have to transform or they have to build a new breed of leaders who would fundamentally start thinking because leadership is a culmination of many beliefs, insights, talent, nature, nurture. All of that has shaped, for example, you, LaWanda, uh, you know, where you've reached is a result of all of that. Now, when we are talking about leadership for the future, would you think you can switch yourself to that new way of thinking, new way of leading, just like that?
2: I think it will be a struggle for some leaders, but I think the really, really good leaders who got to where they are because they have been able to adapt will be able to, you know, one of the things is looking at how do you identify that next leader? And, and that's interesting because, again, you've got to look at well, what are they capable of. And, you know, one way to identify a potential new leader is listen to what they say and how they treat other people because the, the identity of a leader is how do they treat other individuals, whether those folks work for them or work alongside them is how do they treat those individuals and do those individuals feel that that person is vested in their success?
1: No, and then you're right about it. So that goes without saying in terms of a leader, uh, how they come across. So that's like a core trait any leader will be measured or gauged by. Now, when we were to even define or lay the foundation of this topic or discussion for, on this topic, what would you think would be considered as an effective leader in the faster and the more complex future that we are going to face ahead? I think
2: an effective leader has a couple of key characteristics. I think they seek out feedback from others, even when it's not, you know, when it's not offered up. So they go looking for input and feedback. As I mentioned earlier, they're adaptable. They're risk takers. And one of the really, really things that I really feel is really important for a leader is empowerment. They empower others to make decisions. And those individuals feel safe making those decisions. And again, then there's relationship building. There's n- you can't put enough value on relationship building. And that's something that they don't teach in college It's hard to find a course of soft skills that's about relationship building. And one of the best ways, I think, to hone that particular characteristic is to watch others do it and identify another leader or or someone that you just work with who is extremely good at relationship building. And you'll be able to identify those people because other people seem to aggregate and collect around them, want to work with them. And that's one of those key things. Like I said, you can't find a course in it (laughs) that's really called relationship building. But I think you can learn it.
1: What you just shared definitely is the core of what makes someone a leader. Totally agree with you. If you were to compare to what we are seeing and have seen in the past decade, for example, or two decades of how leaders have delivered and how they have created value and how they have led others, If you were to literally see the traits, the skills, the competencies, the experience that will be needed for the future that we are faced with, I would like to dig deeper into inventorying the specific leadership elements, if you will, which will allow them to these people to be effective in future because it's not going to be the same as it is now.
2: One of the key skills is, again, I talked earlier about the changing environment and the evolution of technology and how that impacts uh, leadership today. And I think another key area that leaders have to focus on is it goes from one end of the spectrum to the other. You have to be able to make decisions when having a lot of data, a huge abundance of data, so you have to sift through that and sort through that and be able to pick out the relevant elements when you have a lot of data. Then at the other end of the spectrum, you have to be able to make sound decisions when you have too little data. So you have to be able to operate within that whole spectrum of too much data or too little data because you still have to make the decisions. And one of the other things, too, is being confident, being comfortable with who you are and, and what you're capable of. Oftentimes, we can get caught up in, you know, we need to, give the, we need to get certain results because that's key. Uh, we're all measured on results and, and, and what we can achieve, but be comfortable with who you are and be confident about what you're capable of and just, again, back to the relationship building. Work with others. There are, you know, a lot of smart people and there are other leaders in your environment. Tap into them and tap into their strengths and, and have that complement the strengths that you bring to the table. Again, but being confident about what you bring to the table.
1: So I liked your input regarding a, a leader be able to work in that big spectrum where you've got very little data to very... Uh, uh, like you, there's a data flooding or your data glut and you should be able yes. to make decisions in that. Now, besides that, if we talk about the amount of change someone is able to deal with, and the frequency of it, that also is increasing. The quantum of change and the frequency at which the change happens, having a person be able to deal with is what seems like going to be a core characteristic. But now let's look at the data side and this other challenge of being able to handle the quantum and, and the velocity of change. Where does a person overnight develop it?
2: I don't know that they develop it overnight. I think it's, it's, for me, it's continuous learning. You're continuing to learn and adapt to your environment, to the people you work with, because that changes And that's a big factor. I mean, your teams morph into different things, and you have the technology morphing, the data is changing. So everything around a leader is constantly changing. So they're having to adapt, and they are having to assess the teams that they work with. And that's key. The teams are really important to any leader's success, and a leader sometimes has to step back and accept that someone else on their team may step forward for a period of time. And again, back to being comfortable with who they are, don't be threatened by another person stepping forward and taking a leadership position for a period of time. Because think about the big goal. And, you know, for me, it's not about the sprint. It's about the marathon. And the marathon may be broken up into chunks as far as the leader's success, but look at it as a marathon broken up into laps around the track. You may win lap one, but you may come in on lap two. You may be in second place, but at the end of the day, your team is winning. You're winning the marathon, and so they have to be able to take that position, and their position in the team may change over time.
1: So given what you just mentioned about someone else taking the baton which is a good thing right so yes. if you were to have someone learn how to make decisions with very little or very uh, a lot of data the person has to go through it and the mistakes will be made or there will be hesitation or we would not know how to analyze a whole lot of data when there's a glut or whether they can even bank on that little data that they have, and then they will have to go for their gut. So on one end, you have a glut. On the other hand, you have a gut. <laughs> right? So yeah. this, this is, and you mentioned that this is going to just be a training on the job. But then it also then becomes a function of how many opportunities do you get or you create for the people who are expected to lead tomorrow, for them to get that first hand experience. That means you have to be intentional about identifying the appropriate people and then giving them the opportunities. How does one, in this big dizzying space of change and things that we have to get done on a given day, create such pool of potential leaders and then give them those targeted opportunities knowing that they will have to be ready and not just say i'm still on uh, i'm still an apprentice at some point you will have to say i have a set of people who have gone through so-called grilling for them to be ready for the future how do you achieve that
2: it's it's um i wish there were a formula that I could give you, or if I had the steps written out and I could just go to my uh, shared drive and, and send them to you, San Diego, about how do you make people feel comfortable and how do you identify those people? And I go back to what I talked about at the beginning of our conversation about is to identify that group or those individuals. I say the next layer of leaders is, again, watch how what they do and how people react to them. And oftentimes you'll be able to tell. For example, um, right recently, I had an individual on my team that I promoted to an executive position. She came from an individual contributor with no people responsibilities. I promoted her to an executive position. Within that same day that it was announced, people immediately started stopping by her desk, wanting to know what positions she had open. Now, when you think about that, the very, within 24 hours, people were stopping by her desk asking what positions she had to fill because they wanted to work with her. I think that is a true sign of a leader because she spent time, even though she stepped from a non-management position, building relationships, people watched how she performed, how she recognized other individuals, even though she didn't have people reporting to her. For me, that was a true indication that I had selected the right person for that position.
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about the leadership development approach and processes we may have today and how effective will they be if we were to focus on developing future relevant leaders? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back and explore.
3: Visit today.
0: Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sanjog Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOtalknetwork.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. So, Luanda, let's evaluate what we are doing, what you may be doing in your organization, or you've seen other leaders doing in their respective organizations, in terms of leadership development, the approach, the processes, the investment the focus, and how do you evaluate it against what we need to do for building the future relevant and future ready leaders? It's still going to be a journey, but a focus may have to be a little different. I'm assuming so, but you are more than welcome to comment.
2: I think, you know, most leaders realize that, When they get their, you know, true first opportunity as a as a leader, recognize how they got there, and generally speaking, they got there by delivering results, and then they have to realize that at some point you won't be have your hands in the actual execution all the time as you move along this continuum of leadership, and you've got to get those results through other people. And some of those leadership things that leaders have to learn and I think this is a learned behavior. Some of us are you know are good at it. some of us are not so good at it, is learning that piece of getting things done through others and it could also be called delegation, for instance. And for some that's a in certain situations that's a tough thing to get a handle on for and specifically when you step from being on a team to leading a team that you were previously working on, sometimes it's very difficult to now go into that leadership role because you know how to do that job. And the reason that you've been identified to be a leader is because you were very good at it. Now you've got to accept that there are others who can be very successful and can deliver results as well, but they may not do it how you would do it. And that's a tough thing for certain individuals to step out of that and now understand that they have to get things done through others. And again, these soft skills are extremely important as a leader. You know, again, colleges and universities train leaders in primarily the technical skills, so the academia. But, this soft skills the relationship building one of the others is being able to communicate effectively whether that be through a presentation or just having a conversation cuz you can have a re- awesome idea great idea but if you can't sell that idea to whoever it may be whether it be an investor or to your supervisor or to an executive team you've only achieved half the battle by coming up with an awesome idea but now can you explain and convince others as to why they should value this idea and what's in it for them?
1: Who you are leading and what you are trying to accomplish is both. Are they, they are the, both the areas are getting disrupted. And that's where what you did, even you, Luanda, or anyone else who is listening as a leader, will truly not be able to claim that whatever they did to get what they did in the past or even till today would really be the same approach used verbatim, be relevant or effective in how you get things done with the future workforce, the future partners or suppliers or whosoever you are trying to lead and have them work on things which they are supposed to and what they will end up working on because those things are shifting humans remain humans but the makeup of humans in an organization the way they work how where they work from what are their expectations even that is shifting so when you talk about a leader going through scenarios and exercises and thinking would you agree that that the the dimensions in which they were supposed to think in the past versus in the future are changing. And even us as leaders, we have not gone through that exercise yet. So we are truly not qualified to teach them what to do and how to lead the newer breed of uh, workers who we have never actually dealt with. You're
2: you're absolutely right, because... The Again, the, the potential, of the, the pool of potential new leaders is very diverse. You know, we talk about the millennials and, you know, versus the older generations. And we think about, do we know how to lead a multi-generational workforce? And in order to do that effectively, you have to know what are the different Groups are individuals, let's go down to the individual level, what do they value? You know, what I value as important in my career, depending on what stage of your career you are in, what your makeup of your family looks like may be very different from the next individual on the team. And again, part of incenting individuals to achieve a certain result is understanding what they value. You know, of course, pay is always important. That, you know, n- n- that's always important. But think, what are those other things? What does their work-life balance look like? What do they do? What are your contributions to a four hundred one k? It's very different than it was, say, even five years ago. About w- the makeup and how do you lead people and how do you identify what things you should be focused on the team, and it differs from job to job. So just, you know, because I've had a number of different jobs in my career, uh, not all as heavily technical as the one I have today. And again, so the makeup of the individuals, when you have, say, a big proportion of your team that are marketing individuals, how they approach problem solving may be very different than a group of uh, software developers, how they uh, approach problem solving. Understanding that, again, marketing folks have a different section of data that they may be looking at, whereas a programmer may say, you know, just give me your data, come back later, and I will give you a result. It's so very different based on what their skill sets are, what types of data they're dealing with, and again, what what did they come out of, you know, because not every successful person is going to start their career in the same place and have the same journey and I think we have to realize that some individuals will come from very different backgrounds and so their experiences are very different than the next individual and leaders are having to adapt to that, understanding those differences of the journeys that that their teams have gone through to get to this place.
1: What would you do to edit some chapters of a playbook that you may have in leadership development?
2: One of the things that that was very unique for me is, again, some of the things that leaders are measured on you might think are unusual. Um, For example, one of the most successful points in my career And one of my most fun jobs, um, I had responsibility for an e-commerce application. And my team was responsible for the development and support of that application. But then one of the surprising things that was in my performance evaluation, one of the things that I was measured on was revenue. I did not have a single salesperson on my team but I was measured on revenue. Now, what kind of behavior did that incent? That incented me and my team to have system availability at 99.99% availability. And again, that was our part of meeting that revenue challenge. Now, when I first got that metric, I thought it was crazy. Why am I being measured on revenue when I don't have any direct impact on sales? But again, I think it was, I know it was intentional at that time to give us that metric because it incented the exact behavior that they were looking for and the exact results that they were looking for, which was high availability of the e-commerce application.
1: When you're looking at a leader who is supposed to be a brand, And in the sense that they are the ones which people follow. They are the ones who are supposed to uh, be trusted. And then you are at the same time supposed to become relevant as a leader for the future, but also carry along some of the people who have not really moved to that future mindset. How do you take care of both constituents? You are supposed to be leading the charge of making the change in yourself, building other leaders. But many of the people who are following you may still want to take their time to get to become future ready. But that doesn't mean that you will stop leading them or discard them. You cannot. How does one accomplish that's,
2: that? I, you, you, you're very. Um, that's a very true statement. You. Oftentimes we don't get to pick the individuals on our team, and and you're going to have individuals that move at different paces. Uh, But I think one key element, no matter what pace the, the individuals on the team are moving at and how they perceive their role on the team, one key element is trust. Each one of those individuals needs to feel that they can trust the leader of that team. And I think if they believe they can trust that individual, and not everyone has to move at the same pace. Not everyone on a successful team is going to move at the same pace. But again, you have to understand what they value. And oftentimes you can incent those people that may have came in and were, you know, skeptical about the role of the team and even the role of the leader, understand what the individuals on that team value, what's important to them, and do they feel they can trust you? Again, are you, do they feel you're invested invested in their success? How, what, however that may be defined, I think then you'll get the most out of every individual. Again, not every individual is going to be moving at the same pace, but you'll get the best out of every individual on the team, and you've got you know, you've got to be able to lead all members of the team, irregardless of what pace and what their diff- varying skill sets are. But I think trust is at the at the base of being able to lead uh, a team that's very diverse.
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And I'd like to Luanda, probe this further because one is to take people along with their differences, which, of course, is a very important leadership trait. But here, we are also talking about people who are not looking and don't want to look at the future that far ahead. But then you've got two constituents. One are the ones who are all gung-ho to say, let's do things which are 2022 type of vision centric. Other people say, I've been doing this for 10 years and I don't want to think this far. So yes, you may want to do it, but I don't want to take you along. I, I don't want to jump on that bandwagon just yet. I would not always call that as a passive resistance because they could be right in their own way. They say, you do not know what's going to happen in 2022. Why are you doing things that far out when we have some business today to take care of? And you as a future, the leader who has to become future ready, on one hand, your stakeholder tells you, that i need you to run the business today but also i want you to become future ready so you've got quite a few different priorities that you have to juggle with but how do you take people who are not willing to go see the future to see the future in short please stay your listeners we'll be right back and dig deeper <music>
0: You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sanjo Gall.
1: Now, back to the show. All right, Levanda, so people above us, which are stakeholders, people below us who either we influence or they report to us, b- both of them could have two flavors. Some who are totally ready to jump on the bandwagon and look at the futuristic approach on what to shift and how to change and be able to invest in, in uh, becoming the leaders that they are supposed to. But then there are others who have justification that what we are doing today is the reason why we are relevant today. And we don't really need to unnecessarily put more on the plate because for some reason we should become anxious about tomorrow because we don't even know in some cases what tomorrow is going to bring. So they could advocate... To you equally on why we should just think about today. What is, what is supposed to be your position with such predicaments?
2: I, I think key in this is <clears throat> continuous communication because it is a, a difficult nut to crack in taking those two very different groups. Folks that say today is the future. they firmly believe that, and there's not anything wrong with that, necessarily. But And then there's the folks that just tell me what needs to happen. I'm focused on the future. Let's get there. I think key to that is continuing to communicate with that group that says, I'm okay now. Today is fine. You know, tomorrow or 10 years from now, I can't see that far. I think you have to continue continuous communication with those folks and show them some of the, and I think results is the best way to get those folks focused on. There is a different end game than what they can see immediately. I think results are one of the key ways. Friends, when I say results, is take some of the wins that you have from those folks that have been successful and can see what the future looks like and share that, and then put some of those folks on those teams with the folks that are future-focused. Engage them in these things that, again, they they can't see past, and build a, a team that's made up of individuals from both those groups. Let them experience and be able to work with those that can see it. Now, will that solve and fix everything? No. But I think when they're engaged in some of this future-focused work and then get the results, because everybody likes results. Everybody likes being successful. If they can be successful and see themselves in that change, I think that's the way to get them to move in that same direction and be focused on the future and what they bring to it.
1: If we are going to look at leaders for tomorrow and we had to caution them about things which they are doing today, which will not be relevant for tomorrow, which would be that omission list, Which, which traits, which mindsets, which type of thinking that they should unlearn to be ready for the future?
2: I'd say unlearn, don't discount. Any idea. Some ideas might seem far-fetched and just unreasonable. All ideas may not merit the same level of attention or evaluation, but don't discount ideas and don't always dismiss the person who isn't saying anything. You have a team of people and there's always going to be the high performers in there and that are going to be vocal and express their ideas. Don't ignore the folks that may be sitting quietly on the sidelines and uncomfortable with expressing their ideas. And because oftentimes we, we listen to the folks that are the most vocal and can share their ideas effectively and communicate well. But we don't give the folks that are quiet in the room an opportunity whether it be in a large group or a small group, an opportunity to tell us their thoughts. Um, So those are the two things that I would say and are important to unlearn or don't do as a leader.
1: Now, one more thing which comes up, which is the qualification or the credibility of anyone within the group to give ideas for something they have never tackled before. The leader him or herself would not have tackled some of the newer innovation that us are coming through. The volume and velocity and variety of data that they are tackling and the changes and fickle customer demands that they are fielding. No one has experienced that before. So no one is really an authority on that subject. So as a development of leaders, would you teach your future relevant leaders to listen to everyone or listen to no one in the sense from an execution standpoint because no one is qualified or you will like to create an environment where a blind leads another blind and we just experiment and somewhere if we fumble here and there and and get to our destination.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm somewhere in between those two spectrums. Um, Because as leaders, we can often be challenged or given an opportunity to operate in in a zone that's outside of our area of expertise. And I think... Personally, I wouldn't listen to everyone, but I can't go off blind. And for a good leaders, you have to go and search out data and search out others. And one of my, my true beliefs that I tell everyone as I'm developing uh, new leaders and, and identifying them is don't be afraid to go out and ask someone who is as smart or smarter than you questions and ask them why, and ask them for data and information. And I think that's, that is part of learning, and that's part of developing. So to answer your question specifically, I'm somewhere in between. I don't, I'm not a good uh, believer in the blind leading the blind, but I think you've got to go out and, and gather data, and then, again, understanding how to use that data, taking all that data, And sometimes it may not be a lot, depending on the time frame by which you've got to make a decision. And so you may not have enough time. And I think that's where uh, your best source then is to seek out people who do have that. That is their area of expertise.
1: And when you do talk about this uh, collecting data, and that's where it can get a little gray because you may not have data for things that are coming down the pike. The changes, the the way people are behaving, the way they are using different ways to communicate or make decisions, it's not very clear. So if you go and ask people for data, and which will, of course, make your job easier if we had the data, because then it will become more process-centric, but unfortunately, in most cases, you don't. So do you think, in absence of data, would you still go looking for data? I will. Let's say, let's go down that path that says, okay,
2: I go ask and I still don't have any data. I think then you have to take all of your career experiences, and it may be a gut check. You had mentioned earlier in our conversation, then it may be a gut check because, as I talked about before and as you identified, sometimes you're going to have very little data and be expected to make decisions or come up with a solution. And with that comes risk. Risk uh, is part of the journey for uh, leaders because some things are going to be riskier than others. So, to answer your question, yeah, I'm still probably going to ask, but I may not get anything back. And then it's going to be how come, you know, back to this confidence confidence in who I am and ability to make decisions off my gut and very little data. And then, but then you've got to, again, do the folks that you work with trust you enough? to trust your gut to lead them (laughs) so that's I think where the trust comes back in because again very few things can be achieved by the leader by himself so now he's got this team that he has very little data on they know it that you don't have you know you have no data or very little data do they trust you enough to follow you in this particular scenario and you would hope that answer would be yes
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners, we'll be right back, and let's look at how do leaders learn at the pace of change, the speed at which we already see, which is pretty fast in terms of the world, the way it's changing. Because if the leaders are not learning fast enough, then they would be not in a way seen by others as teachers and people who have more knowledge for them to get the respect and credibility and, and thus, in a way, get a license to have other people follow them. So how do leaders learn to stay future relevant to a point where they have the credibility to teach others to become future ready? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Thank you.
3: Visit today.
0: Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sanjo Gall. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. So, Luanda leaders need to be seen as teachers for them to have the credibility in terms of that they know more than the people who they're developing. And that means they got to be ahead of the curve, learning faster than the change that is coming their way. And last I knew, they are still humans. So, how do you get leaders to become superhumans, at least... Uh, you know, figuratively speaking.
2: (laughs) Oh, boy, I wish there were just, uh, you know, you could put on that cape and and all of a sudden they would become superhuman, but um, it's not exactly that easy. So one of the things that um, we have had a program at PEC for is to identify future leaders. And it's a... Four to five month program where they get to go through various uh, exercises, and it's all about leadership development. Everything from uh, effective communication. But one of the goals at the end of this program is, at the start, they identify a issue working you know that they've observed themselves as identify a gap somewhere in PEC or an issue or something that needs to be solved that they've either identified or they've worked with their team to identify and pick that as something that they're going to work on a solution for at the end of this program. And they work in teams. So you have your own individual reading assignments. They, they read a, a couple of books on effective leadership, uh, and that changes every time. We call it the cohort program. So that changes so there's different lead, leadership books that they read there's different exercises they do. But at the end, at the conclusion of the cohort program, they've asked to make a presentation. So they're divided into teams about what, what issue did they select and what recommendation are they have. And they are asked to not only make a recommendation, but actually execute that. So they work on this, like I said, for four to five months. And I think that's key. And then the cooperative is is asked to not only have the individuals go through this program it's one thing to have the program and that's very nice and very effective but then look at opportunities for those individuals because one the reason they got selected for this cohort program is because we thought they had the potential to to do a lot of great things for the co-op and I've seen uh, over the five years that I've been here I've seen a number of those folks roll into leadership uh, positions as a, you know, post being in this program. And as I talked about earlier, that individual that I promoted to in an, an executive position, she was in the cohort program previously. And again, and I've sort of watched and we've sort of kept track of who, have, who are the individuals that were in that program and where, where has their career gone? since being identified and being identified to be in that leadership program. And I think other individuals across the cooperative have watched that as well because folks watch what a a firm or, or a corporation does, and again, how it treats its individuals, and they watch to see what has happened to those individuals since being identified and how has their career progressed.
1: We want leaders to be also seen as folks who do not flinch or cringe at the idea of any challenge coming their way. And that means they need to be very tough-minded optimists type of creatures. But if you think deep within as a human we all get a little shaken When we see something totally new, totally coming from the left field and something which you do not know how you will ever be able to predict what's going to come next or be able to control. So should we be wearing masks as leaders or teaching others that you should learn how to wear masks when such changes happen? Or is there another way for us to groom? First of all, train ourselves who are the trainers for other these future-ready leadership uh, development apprentices, or we create a way for that to be incorporated in our leadership development so that future leaders at least be able to stay optimist and stay tough-minded no matter what comes their way?
2: Sanjay, my, my philosophy is don't, don't wear the mask. I think the folks that you're leading appreciate honesty uh and you know when i'm when i'm dealt something that is difficult and and let's call it scary you know i'll have my team and i'll say you know this is a scary journey we're about to get on i think they appreciate the honesty and again engage them in helping the successful in getting past this scary thing but i think the optimism comes after you admit that this is scary, I don't know how to approach this from first glance, but that doesn't say, that is, for me that's not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of, okay, I'm being honest, and now I want folks to understand this is going to be a difficult task that we've just undertaken, and engage them in helping solve whatever problem that we've been asked to do, but I think that's the key here in this journey is honesty and engaging them in the solution and don't wear the mask
1: one last question 30 seconds what would you like organizations to do like we as leaders are trying to do but organizations organization stands to benefit from this leadership development what do you want them to do in terms of their experimentation immunity and their investments that they should be making towards this 30 seconds
2: I think organizations need to invest in the communities in which they reside, whether that be the schools, the community colleges, the universities, community centers. I think they need to do that in order to increase that pool of skilled individuals and potential leaders that they have to choose from in the future.
1: On behalf of the show and our listeners uh, thanks so much, Levanda, for sharing your views on how we can work towards a common goal as an organization and as leaders within it to build some future-focused leadership programs and get some people ready for what's coming ahead. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you, San Jose. I appreciate having an opportunity to join you today.
1: Beautiful. Thanks so much again, Luanda. Uh, Listeners, hope you enjoyed. We got some good valuable nuggets here. You'll enjoy listening and and using them in your own life. So listen to it, CTN, CIO Talk Network. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on LinkedIn. And there are a bunch of places where you can find us as a podcast. So please go listen and rate us so other people also learn how we are doing. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless.
0: Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjog All. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.